a single soul Reaching a further and stepping in closer Good everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. I once heard a testimony and story um, by a Christian who had to stand firm to restrain himself from a worldly pleasure, uh, a, a sin uh, because of his faith in Christ. And he said, he shared that afterwards he cried uh, at the difficulty of it, uh, but or maybe also at the regret of it. Um, because if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for that because he was a Christian, uh, he could do this. You know, he could have, he could do that, which would have been, you know, nice in the worldly sense. Now, I summarize a very, you know, long story into like two sentences, but many people, uh, Christians and non-Christians, view the life of faith in this black and white way, into the do's and don'ts, that being a Christian is about do's and don'ts. Um, and if we do that, the danger is that things often, or pretty much always seem greener on the other side. And let's read today's passage and then we'll continue this train of thought. Acts chapter 24, verse 24 through chapter 25, verse 5. Several days later, Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, That's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently and talked with him. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus. But because Felix wanted to grant a favor to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priests and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented the charges against Paul. They requested Festus, as a favor to them, to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing an ambush to kill him along the way. Festus answered, Paul is being held at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me, and if the man has done anything wrong, they can press charges against him there. I think Governor Felix is a prime example of someone who is trying to live with a foot in each camp right? Uh, because he could not decide one. Both seem good, so that he's trying to take the best of both without really being in both or committed to either. From yesterday's passage, we know that Governor Felix knew of Jesus and the gospel. Verse 22 says, Then Felix, who was well account, uh, acquainted with the way. The way was one of the, the earliest ways that people talked about Christianity and also um, Christ, following Christ, because he was and he is the way, right? He was well acquainted, not just acquainted, but intimately well acquainted. So after Paul's first defense, we read in verse 24 that Felix came with his wife, um, Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. Now, notice that it says about 
right? It's kind of like an offhand third party hearing, right? He listened to his book about faith. It's impersonal. It's not really for him. He did not live by faith nor have faith. Because, verse 25, it goes on, as Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, and I want you to highlight this next phrase, Felix was afraid. I want you to highlight that. Felix was afraid, and then, and said, that's enough for now. You may leave. And then I want you to highlight this next part. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. So, when he was confronted by the, the gospel and the truth, he became afraid. And then he stopped and it says, when I find it convenient, I will send for you again. And then verse 26 going on, at the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe. I want you to highlight that word. He wanted a bribe. He wanted money. He wanted something that would make him richer at the cost of someone else, even at the cost of maybe justice, right? So uh, Felix sent for him frequently and talked with him. And I would assume that the, the pattern of the conversation was similar, right? They would talk about faith. He would listen about faith, impersonally, distractedly, kind of from a distance, knowing it without embracing it. And then when something kind of tried to touch him or affect him, impact him, he would stop. When he became troubled, he would stop and go back when it was convenient to him. Listening to Paul, uh, teaching about living a life of faith and submission to Christ scared Felix. And he would stop until he was convenient and he was just waiting for more money. So Felix was obviously drawn to the gospel of Christ, but he could not let go of the world. He could not let go of himself. The kingdom of comfort of himself that he had achieved and that he had built up around himself and his whole life. He lived and ruled according to his own convenience for gain, his own gain and his own favor. And in the face of justice, he keeps Paul in prison to gain the favor of the Jewish leaders, even though context tells us that Felix thought Paul was innocent. So this governor, this ruler actually disregarded the law. He broke the law. Someone who is well acquainted with the ways and the teachings of Christ, he broke the law for his own gain and convenience. Now, there are many people, I dare say, in the church like this today. People who go to church to appease. Right now, they think they are appeasing God, but they are really appeasing themselves. Their convenience, maybe their sense of guilt, uh, or even to give them a sense of holiness or wholesomeness, right? That is goodness that's not like a biblical good. Goodness according to their convenience and under human understanding. And this is wrong because church is not about appeasement at all. It's not about appeasing God either. It's about worshipping God, the worship of God. And one explanation or picture of worship that has stuck with me is that in worship, we reenact the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. One more time, that in worship, we reenact the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So in order for us to live life and, uh, and the death and the resurrection of Christ, it helps us to live 
and to experience the death and the resurrection of Christ even in ourselves. A worshipper lives at the convenience of God, our Lord and our God only, right? At his convenience, not our convenience or anyone else, anyone else's convenience. This is what a worshipper is and how a worshipper lives. Now, if you've been troubled by some of the things that I said, uh, and you think that you may fit into the group of people who go to church to appease themselves, I hope and pray that you will make the commitment now before you get committed to the wrong kind of life, the life that will end, no matter how nice it may be now, that you will make the commitment to the Word of God that you have been listening to uh, without change or action for I don't know how many months or years to commit to the Word of God the words of life and to receive the eternal life. And your life, I promise and I guarantee, will be much more abundant now than you thought possible, than you realize. And secondly, is the danger for believers um, to become Christians who are neither hot nor cold as we try to please ourselves while pleasing God. Right? Uh, well, if we are not wholly surrendered to Christ, uh, we can also fall into the danger of becoming someone like this governor who tries to be both and to just enjoy and gain for themselves as well. So this is a reminder for us, uh, a sin for us to consider and to repent and to be aware of as well. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you uh, for opening our eyes, opening our hearts, Lord. And I want to pray um, that those uh, who may have been troubled uh, by some of the things that were shared and uh, shed light on, I pray that your grace, uh, your love will flow, will be with them. Your Holy Spirit will lead us, oh God, uh, to repentance. For it is your kindness, Lord, that, le that leads us to repentance. And Lord, we don't want to lead, lead a life of appeasement, appeasing ourselves uh, while we think that we are appeasing you. But Lord, we want to be worshippers, God. We want to be wholly surrendered to you, committed to you, and to have and experience your abundant life even now, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, and we pray for the church, for the body of Christ, oh God, to grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see